Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Core. This is Core. We talk about video games. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. <clears throat> Today's no different on that front, that topical front. We're going to talk about games. We just had a, a lively conversation about that doctor who licked uh, <laughs> what's her name's face in Terminator 2. And uh, I recommend uh, watching Terminator 2 again. John said he just wa- watched it recently. So did I, sort of ish. And uh, Terminator 2, still a threat, still a great movie. Worth your time. Holds up that movie. Yeah, it does. I think the kid's still terrible, though. He's yeah. really bad. And uh, who else is his little redheaded friend's pretty bad? And when he goes home and t- oh, what's the name of the parent? His step parents, and he calls him. Uh, oh, I used to do this name, this voice all the time when he'd say She's their name. Not my mother, Todd. Todd, it's Todd, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> Todd gets one right in the milk jug, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I, yeah, saw, I saw where they filmed the truck chase in Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> you saw something like it in Anaheim, California. We've talked about this, right? I think this came yeah. up. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Bob Bob saw one of these <laughs> runoff water things they have in California. Southern California is full of these things. And everywhere you go, they're whatever those are. Uh, you, you'd race in them in uh, GTA all the time. It's like a wash. Yeah. Or a drainage hall. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but but. Bo saw one that looked a little like Terminator and was pretty sure he was at the scene of the uh, water canal. I mean, my my reaction go. was, oh, my God, this is where they filmed Terminator 2. And John just laughed. And I'm like, no, seriously. And then he told me there was a lot of these <laughs> all over. And I was like, it's the only one I've seen. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and it's still the only one I've seen. So as far as I'm concerned, they filmed it there. Well, fair enough. Fact. Fact. <laughs> spread, <laughs> it, spread it to your friends. Pure fact. All right, anyway, we're here. We're going to do a show, and uh, that's good because I got something I want to get off my chest, and it's not about competing PC stores, okay? Oh, we'll, good. Thank we'll have you. some follow-up on that later. There's a little bit of – there's some questions that people uh, have. Um, but also, I'm a, I'm, a little, I'm a little blown away by just the level of um, discussion that happened during the week since we last uh, spoke. Uh, I have a theory as to why that's happening. Oh, you do? Really? Okay. Hold on to that Let's theory. Let's do your thing. All right. Hold on to your theory. I want to hear it. So, 
Uh, it occurred to me today that everybody and their dog are freaking out about, what is it, Sakura Secure, Sec- Secretary? What's it called in the name of that game? Sakura. We'll say Sakura. Sakura uh, from, from From Software. <laughs> from From. From From. Uh, from Software makes it. I swear they made that name just to irritate everyone. Anyway, so. these guys known for Dark Souls uh, games. The, they did that Bloodborne game. Uh, before all of this, they did... What was the first Souls game? Um, There's Demon Souls, Souls, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3. Yep. And then I think they also did like the Adventures of Cookies and Cream. Shut up. No. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. You may as well say they did the 7-Up Spot game, and I'd believe you. <laughs> I think they might have done that. All right. Okay, well, cool. So they're known for mostly these very difficult uh, timing-based sort of deliberate fighting games or or action games, I should say, where in various settings, the Dark Souls settings are very medieval, very magical, university, dark dark fantasy sort of. Uh, You're very alone in these games. Um, there is some connectivity where people leave you notes about encounters they had and whatever, but it's a lot of memorization of moves, knowing when to parry, when to move out of the way, what part of the monster to hit. Um, it's that genre that they kind of helped define of uber difficult and unforgiving, punishing style uh, games, action games. And they have a enormous following that is just pretty unbelievable. And this new Sakura game, or Sakura, or secretary, I'm going to call it. Uh, that, secretary. That <laughs> secretary comes out to much, uh, you know, lauding, uh, lots of great reviews. People think it's great, think it's one of their best games. Um, some have said it's more accessible than Souls games. Others have said that's misleading because later it gets so hard, you'll think it's as you know harder than a Souls game. Um, one way or the other, <clears throat> I have tried... As I might, okay, with I, I poked my head on both Dark Souls 2, I want to say, and Bloodborne. And I can't, I can't justify those games being a part of my life. And it's because they're just too punishing. I don't think I can play anything from From Software. I think that's just not my gig. It's not my genre. It's not my thing. The minute you say that, you get jumped on by a whole bunch of internet people that are like, whatever, man, get good, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't appreciate or admire what it is for gamers who love it. It's just, I think I just don't have time to bang my head against that wall. And you will. You just over and over and over. You lose experience. You lose items. You start over. It's incredibly frustrating. Even people who love this, that series will tell me how they've thrown their controllers through the wall. They get so pissed at it. And then they'll come back to it and try again, um, which is kind of awesome. Like the fact that they exist is really cool and that people have found this this uber hard way to play. It's almost like a throwback to impossibly difficult arcade games of the past in a way where you just lose your progress and have to put more quarters in to try again. And there isn't a lot like that anymore. We, we handhold a lot. And so these games represent sort of a, a resurgence of difficulty is king and mastering it is is you know makes you a, a badass or whatever which i can totally respect and i'm fine with it and i don't have a problem with it but i'm curious how you guys feel about it like when are these when is a game so hard or too hard that you just can't do it maybe we'll have some examples of this maybe we'll have examples of hard games that we do like to play despite their unforgiving and 
sort of off-putting difficulty. Um, but am I alone in the in the in the from software front? Like I just can't do it. I can't. I see I see Sakura come out and I go, oh, that looks cool, but no, I can't. I know what that's going to be. It's going to be me dying and dying and dying and then finally making it and going, whew, I made it through that guy. What's next? Oh, shit. Like again and again and again, rinse and repeat. I can't put myself through it. I feel like I have too many other things to do and too many other cool games to play where I don't feel like I'm being punished. And I also don't have 12 hours a day to donate to a game. So why do I feel guilty about it? It's weird. I feel gamer guilt right now that I'm not playing this game or couldn't bring myself to play much of the rest of their library. So, John, do you, these games come out, you go, oh, rub your hands together, can't wait to get my hands on another Souls game or a Souls-like game. Uh, sort of. I actually really, really like Dark Souls. It's one of my favorite games that I've ever played. And But I hear that, and I hear what you're saying, and when I think about what I know from our time playing games together and just what I know from your personality, I also totally get why that doesn't jive with you. Like it, it requires a specific sort of mentality for what you're looking for in a game. And, and I think, I think we sell ourselves short when we try to put barriers up and say, this is what a video game is. And this is what video game players should like, Mm. Uh, because I don't think it appeals to all audiences. And I think even me, I really like, the very first Dark Souls, I didn't much care for Dark Souls 2. Mm. I didn't even play Dark Souls 3. I played Bloodborne about halfway through. Uh, and I'm hesitant to get this because my understanding of how the kind of combat mechanics have shifted, it's shifted in a way that is not necessarily appealing to how I played the previous games. So I'm not looking at it from a perspective of, oh, another one of those. I'm looking at it from, ah, it's a new set of challenges. I could try it. I don't know if I really want to invest the time. Um, But I also, as somebody who has both liked and not liked those games, I get the appeal of the challenge and Mm. wanting to chase that. Mm. And, you know, the good feeling that comes from conquering it when you you know, have this thing that seems insurmountable and you're like, oh, I'm just banging my head against this. And then you have that perfect run and you succeed and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest feeling of my life. And now I got to do it again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's triumph and defeat and triumph. And it's a very set thing they're going for, but it's not a thing for everybody. Yeah. I mean, well, Bo, did you play these at all? Have you dipped uh, in? Yeah, I think I was, I was really... I think when people make the elevator pitch to you about these games, like even you just did now, even though you're saying you don't like it, that's like, oh, a game that's so hard people don't like, even yeah. though they want to like it. Right, right. Sounds like a game for me. And then I played it and I was like, eh, it's just a bunch of dodging. This isn't for me. <laughs> like, it's like, and the good news is, is that like there are tons of different types of difficulties in games. Mm-hmm. And some, like I'm playing Magic Arena, I, I have no doubt you would struggle playing magic given your thoughts on hearthstone and i think magic's harder but i eat it up and so would it, i consider it, that well, game hold on hard. pause that real quick when you um i'm trying to think what that would be because i'm because well, i like roguelikes i like you know what i like i like roguelikes and i like deck builders i don't like ccgs magic arena that's what i mean competitive competitive card games where you have yeah. to know all the stats and memorize all the cards yeah it's that. way worse in magic than it is in hearthstone i felt it when i played it yeah and i definitely was thinking about you while playing it like oh you <laughs> you've made your thoughts known on hearthstone on several different shows and mm-hmm. 
you like it, but it's just you can only do so much of it, right? It's just not for you. This new ex- expansion and, sounds interesting. Like they maybe you're making Slay the Spire and the single player stuff. If they if if Hearthstone really is implementing a fully Slay the Spire style experience, they may have me for life if they do that. That's different. I don't mean to say, sorry, and I may have said it wrong. I don't mean to say like it's beyond your capacity of intelligence. Like I wasn't trying. I'm just saying like it, playing hard things takes a level of commitment. Yeah, which is what you're saying. Like Dark Souls, like gun to your head, yeah. rescue the universe. You'll play Dark Souls sure. and get there. Yeah, you're just like, but I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, this isn't this isn't enough to warrant like time out of my schedule to just beat my head on this thing. And and I would say the same is true of Magic for a lot of people, or even Hearthstone for that matter. So I think that John loves it is fantastic. But I played it and it just felt like. I'm dodging, but then I didn't dodge and I missed. And I just, like, I played through to the first boss and then I never played it again. I just, it's one of those things where, like, I'm appreciate that people like it and it looks cool, but I'm like, it's not my cup of tea in terms of a hard game. And that's, that's pretty much where I left yeah. it with them. Oh, yeah. And to kind of run with, with what Bo was saying a little bit to like what you like and what you don't like is you said you like roguelikes. So you would almost think that the idea of a game where you keep, pushing up against it and you do level up as you go. So there is some form of progression to it as you're going, you can't eventually out level these things if you're careful and dedicated enough to do so. But you would think like, Oh, well that should appeal to you. You like roguelikes. This is sort of in that vein, but it isn't because roguelikes are very typically designed for runs. You get in, you go, you do the thing. It's all very boom, boom, boom. Dark Souls and games like that typically have a longer tail to it. And I just don't see I don't see you having the patience for that. Not it now. sounds like that's yeah. been what your feeling has been as well. Yeah. I mean, we play D&D, which you love. You I have a love great it. time playing D&D. For a lot of us, for me, like, I can't wait. I'm looking at what spells and abilities we're getting at level eight right now. We just hit level seven. Yeah. And I'm already like, what are we doing at level eight? What are we going to do at level nine? I'm already making copies of my characters and trying things out. You haven't picked your level seven stuff. No. Yet, have no, you? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, I will. We're both, we're both all in it. Yeah. But we have very different methods of approaching that game and how we play it and how we interact with it. And I don't think this is any different than that. Mm-hmm. It's not to say one's right and one's wrong. Like both approaches are completely valid and it's the same thing with Dark Souls. Like it, it appeals to a certain niche and a certain play style, whereas you can get a similar feeling. And I'm sure you had a similar feeling playing a game like Rogue Legacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or I mean, it's not so much the difficulty. In fact, f- funny enough, um, there are Souls likes that are small little indie 2D games. Um, Salt and Sanctuary is a good example. Um, it's another one I played that I really liked. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Anyway, oh, Hyperlight Drifter has got a bit of this going on, but it's a very sort of timing is really important. When you swing your sword matters, being out of the way at the right moment, like all of that kind of that part of the soul's recipe is there. Um, maybe in a, a slightly more simple presentation, but for some reason I like those and they're difficult as hell. I'm dying every five minutes but there's something more more approachable about those and maybe it's the value proposition maybe i look at those and go well that's really hard and is it going to take me forever but it's just 15 bucks so what's the harm you know like i I, maybe that's the attitude i have where i'm not paying 60 bucks to feel like i'm just having the shit kicked out of me 
And maybe that's it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But then there are games where the difficulty is the main thing for me. For example, uh, Dirt Rally and Dirt Rally 2.0, which just came out. They're racing games. Um, and the the two rally entries into the series, most of the Dirt games are pretty accessible and can be kind of arcadey depending on how you play them. Um, and I've enjoyed them all for different reasons. But, but Rally 1 and 2 are very focused on, first of all, rally racing in particular and not so much circuit racing and that sort of thing. But very much like every little detail, your car, the parts it has, how much shock you've got on the front wheels, how much shock you have on the back wheels, uh, listening to the dude next to you telling you when you need to turn and how soon. Um, You're on your own a lot. You're kind of out there in the world. And the world is the boss, kind of. And there, it's hard. It's not just turn right at the right time or turn left at the right time. It's this constant desire of this muddy, disgusting, rocky road to try to throw you into the freaking German weeds. And... It's and it's literally doing that. So what are you, you're having to counter that and stay on the road, and it's hard, especially on default settings where you're not, you know, taking it easy mode stuff. It's really hard. And if you you wreck once or slam into a tree or hit a rock, now you got a flat front tire, and there's no changing it for the run. And you've got to have the best score possible, or else you're not going to advance. Like it's serious hardcore rally racing. For some reason, totally appeals to me. I'm not even that big of a racing fan, video game-wise. I like, you know, Burnout. and Burnout Paradise, one of the greatest games ever. But those are for different reasons. This is just, for whatever reason, gets in my blood and I love it. And I know people who won't touch those games because of how difficult they are. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the difference is, but uh, it's just something I've been thinking about. Because all the Sakura talks just got me going, oh, I should play that. I'm having a little video game FOMO, you know? F- fear of missing yeah. out from everybody else. Oh, please... Is that game good? Maybe I should play that. And I feel like, you know, seeing streams of it put me in that mode. And then when I've actually hovered over the buy button, I kind of just say to myself, are you really going to do this? Are you going to play this effing monster of a thing that is asking so much of you, your concentration, your memorization, with the schedule you have, with all the crap you got going on? And then I end up just not doing it. And I went and played. I think that's a wise choice. Yeah. I feel like that's the way you're supposed to do this stuff, right? Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not missing out on a thing that the whole world's going to yell at me in 50 years and say, I can't believe that when you had the chance, you didn't play Sakura or Dark Souls 3. Like, I don't feel like that'll happen. But you've also had the experience of those games, like, at our age. While you were speaking, I just got curious. I looked up a, a list of the most punishing games of all time just yeah. to see what it was on there. And I was fascinated to find mostly Super NES games are on there. Mm. So so I want just for fun, I want to run through the list and okay. tell me, you know, if you play it. All right, Battletoads. Yes. Yep. Hard as hell. Punishing. I haven't played Battletoads. That's yeah, number you, one. You make it to the jet ski level. And... Yeah, it's awesome. So you've played hard games before. You know what it's like. Oh, it's yeah. just 3D graphics version of this kind of gameplay. Ninja Gaiden, number two. Yeah. For yep. NES. Yeah. That's yeah, a hard ass game. Play tons of that. Yeah. Mega Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can Mega beat Castle. Mega Man anytime I want, though. I actually, that's one of those hard games I'm actually surprisingly good at. I'd probably be okay anyway. with it if I went back to it now. I remember two being really, really hard. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why I think of it as harder than one, but they were they were freaking hard. If I'll tell you what, if Ghosts and Goblins isn't on that list, then that list is bad. It's, it's right, let's keep going. All right, Castlevania. Okay, okay good game. Yep. I wouldn't call it that hard though. Is that that hard? Hun- 
I think Simon's Quest is harder because there's a lot of weird, obscure stuff like throw holy water through the ground to make sure if it's a fake floor or not. <laughs> All right, I forgot about that. See, I, I think that they probably they picked the prototypical games on this list, like just the part ones, because this franchise has a tradition of being yeah. challenging. Fair enough. Yeah. Because um, continuing on is Mike Tyson's Punch Out for the NES. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 2, number six on the list. Didn't play it. So, like, classic games that mostly you've probably played, though, like the idea of memorizing timings, doing things in the right order, figuring it out, is not, it from software, it's new, and it's a new phenomenon, but this is not new game. You know, you can be, you've played those games, you can do this kind of stuff, yeah, and it's not, you're right. you know, you don't need to do now a 60-hour campaign of nothing but brutal torture, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel okay about that. After that, it's Super Meat Boy. Resident yeah. Evil. Oh my gosh, Silent I played. Hill. I beat Super Meat Super Meat Boy. That's you proof. You beat that I, Super Meat Boy. Yes, that, oh my god, that tells you. And that wasn't. I don't know what was that. Oh nine or ten, whatever it was. Yeah. Ten years ago. That was good. Yeah, love that game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Resident Evil, Silent Hill two. Played them both. XCOM, Enemy Unknown. Uh, which one was that? Faster. The first one, the first remake one. Okay. So here's an interesting thing. Sorry, keep your list up, but here's a little aside while we have discussed and said the words XCOM on here, because Uh-oh. one of the things that we've that has been coming up a lot is, you know, should games offer difficulty options and stuff like that? And this whole like bro gamer mentality of, oh, you got to do it all in the hardest setting, bro. It's the only way to play, bro. I assume they say bro after every word. Yeah. Um, but I played and beat XCOM 2, which I was very proud of. Yeah. One of the things that I have kept in the back of my mind, though, when I beat it, is that game actually has some pretty robust difficulty options. Mm. In fact, one of the options is anytime the game presents you a timer, you can just tell the game, I would like double what you were going to offer people. Mm. So if it says, hey, you have to get through this mission in six rounds, You've got 12. And I turned that on because I hated those missions in the first XCOM, Enemy Unknown. I did not like the stress of that. I am a very methodical, move forward, slowly kind of person in those games. That's just how I like to play. And when XCOM 2 came out and every single mission had a do this in X amount of moves, I hated it. It drove me crazy. And I thought, oh, great. Well, they put in a way for me to get around this and actually play the game in a way that I'll enjoy because I didn't like it until I found that option. Right. I don't feel like I should feel guilty about that. I found a way to make a game I wouldn't otherwise play through a game that I would play through. Yeah. Does like, that make uh, sense? Yeah. Like if Pikmin would let me not have a timer, I'd play Pikmin all day. Right. But p- because Pikmin has this timer that you can... They still let you play when there's no chance you're going to meet it. Ah, I hate that so bad. Don't give me arbitrary timers. And in this case, it's kind of like a timer. It's a turn-based timer. It's like, well, if you can't do this in so many moves, like I don't want to, I don't even want to play chess where I don't have limited moves. I need to be able to sit there as long as I want. I don't even need one of those damn clocks you smack on the side like you always see. I don't want any of that. Yeah. Let me take my time. Yes, I like options like that in video games. I like city builders that let me turn off natural disasters, for example. Uh, if I, if you ask me today, hey, you want to play uh, some kind of Sim City sort of game? I'd say hell yeah. Do you want to turn off the options that make natural disasters a thing or uh, have a flood or whatever? Hell to the yeah, turn it off. I don't want to do that. I want to build a big bustling city. I'll have crime. That's fine. I build cops for that. You know, 
I can balance that out, but I can't do shit about a hurricane. And right. so why do I want to play that play that in a video game? I don't even like it in real life. So yeah, I'm totally I'm totally with you there on that. I don't There's know. Stylistic options. I'm also appreciative of the idea of a singular experience that you have to beat one way. I appreciate both. I get, oh, if I want to experience this game, a slider's good, it's great, I'm included. But I also get that like you're making this Excalibur of a game that you just got to beat it and you got to earn it. And there is no, like, I think it works for some genres more than others. Mm -hmm. Like strategy games, I think having the flexibility makes sense. Yeah. Because why not? But I think a game like Dark Souls, like, has to, you don't make an easy mode. That just takes, because it's so reliant on dodging and movement, It's that's the game. You know, so it's the dodge and movement yeah. game. Is uh, can you tell yeah. me Spelunky's on that? We'll read the rest of the list. I don't see who else. The rest of the list there. sucks. I, I cruise through it. Um, <laughs> is Spelunky anywhere uh, on there? So after XCOM, it was FTL. Okay. Uh, Hotline Miami was on here it's next. Pretty, at, it's at a hard game. Dead Rising. Okay. I'm like that's where I'm like I don't I didn't play it, but I don't know Five Nights at Freddy's. Is that a punishing game? Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's also pretty accessible. It's meant to be. I don't know. But it's like memorization sort of thing. It's yeah. the same deal. Like no, you'll yeah. lose a lot and then you get done with it and you got it. Yeah. The, the next one you'll agree with it's Eve Online. Oh yeah. It's so it's so punishing a politician has lost his job this week. <laughs> 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 a, a politician got accused of corruption and CCP said, "Yeah, we're banning you from any councils or what." Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and, that game continues. Like, if the- he's corrupt in Eve, he's probably corrupt in U.S. politics. He's a U.S. Pol- lobbyist. Well, the thing about that game is it 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 always fascinates me from a from a from the outside. I just look in and go, man, what a wacky deal that game is. Sure wish this it was fun. I one. sure wish it played better than a freaking accountant sped- spreadsheet, which I know is like a trope at this point about about Eve Online. But man, what a beautiful, awesome looking, boring game to play. They're trying to make a an online space battle with ten thousand different players in a giant space battle. That's I heard they're doing that. Yeah, they're always. Got Anyways, some big there's thing cool on. stuff in there, but I consider a, a game the most punishing if it results in me ending up with a divorce because the people <laughs> on there sabotage my life. That that's like as close to the Game of Thrones and video games as you're gonna get. I should be done. I like that yeah, idea. Like literally punishing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna end up in jail for what you've done here. That pretty that kind much of punishing. Yeah. Game. Uh, Stalker's on the list. I didn't play it, but I know it by reputation. Mm. Shadow of Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. System Shock 2. Yeah. Uh, this is where things get wonky. Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah. That, that, game, that game I mean, hard. it was hard in the sense that uh, it was so buggy people couldn't play it for a real long time <laughs> when it came out. That's not a game in that are punishing. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, it might be hard, but I don't know. Anyways, you would say better. I only played City and uh, Prison or City in prison. Oh, um, uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I don't think it was any harder than any of those other games. Yeah, then, yeah. I Suspect Daisy is on there again. I think this is a bit dating. I'm like Daisy. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Bully is on this list. I never played Bully. I heard good things about it, but I never actually played it. Yeah. Planet Side Two. Uh, it is pretty punishing, but I don't think it deserves to be on this list. The walking, like the rest of the list, is just crap. Anyways, but nuts, but, but you're telling me ones, Spelunky's not on there. That bums me. No, out. no. But All right. I th- it's but the few other lists that I shown, I think the takeaway is that the Dark Souls is always fifth or sixth, and those classic NES games are always up there. Yeah. 
So I was just trying to like make us feel better, but it's like rejecting those games is just an adult decision about time management and prioritizing the types of games you would prefer. Now that you have a plethora, you have infinite choices for games. You can pick your style of hard, and it doesn't have to be, you know, what is it? Throw the holy water on the ground to find the falling thing? Or you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of remember. Spelunky that. is a lot of fun. I I do love Spelunky. Spelunky is one of my favorite games of all time, and it's one of the hardest games I ever played. And I'm really looking forward to Spelunky too. So I don't think it's a thing where I I'm I don't like hard games. I think it's a combination of the difficulty and the punishing of those games, but also something about From's games just put me off. I don't know. Can't put my finger on it. Don't know what it yeah. is. Because there's, every, a, there's I played... a weird obscurity to their game, like yeah. not just difficulty, but intentional obfuscation of elements that's a little tricky yeah and i think it's great that it's found a place for there is a huge audience for that stuff and i think that's freaking rad but uh i am happy to say that after bo read that list i played most of those almost yeah, all, almost too, all of them yeah like i played in played plenty some, of hard games and in the vein of dark souls right like yeah. dodging and and jumping and hitting things when you're supposed to hit them and learning the boss mechanics like ninja gate and i banged my head and so much i always get to like world six and run out of continues and have to start at the beginning and get so bad mm-hmm. even recently yeah. i feel like i did some of that i'm trying to think of some of the game. i've been playing a lot of weird weird indie stuff that's pretty high in the difficulty scale i played a game this week that i think is hard for what it is like so i don't think it's a hard thing someone can take that out of context if they want to <laughs> just record it use it as you need it okay i just cannot wait to s- share this so i saw the story and just thought we have to talk about it an anonymous millionaire wants to set up a real life battle royale on a private island i almost said server this is not a video game he wants to do this for real uh this is an unnamed what? person he's a millionaire though um uh-huh it says that he has a significant amount of wealth. Is setting up a real life 100 person battle royale event on a private island. Uh, let's see, Hush Hush, which styles itself as quote the world's leading luxury shopping marketplace, has received a request from an anonymous person who is looking for a game maker who can help organize the three day event. Never heard of this Hush Hush, but it's a sound. This skeevy. is the plot of the Fire Festival. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the plan, thankfully, does not require participants to actually kill each other. Instead, players will be equipped oh, with good. airsoft guns and touch-sensitive body armor. Uh, the last person standing is set to win 100,000 euros. I don't know what that is in, in real money. Or is that pounds? I don't know what that symbol is. What is that? Is that pounds? Euros. I think it's euros. Uh, the plan is for the anonymous millionaire to acquire a private island, which will be the setting for the real-life battle royale. The, comp- uh, the competition will run for three days. With 12 hours of competition per day. Uh, each, uh, d- sorry, during the nighttime, players are able to camp for the night. All camping gear and food will be provided. Uh, the insane event will uh, is only in the conception stage at this point. Uh, Hush Hush, this organization, is looking for a game maker with large-scale event management experience who can design the area. Give those fire people a call. Yeah, but wait until you see the cheese sandwich that's provided on your first night of camping. It's going to be a real thing. Why would they do camping? (coughs) Why would they just not close the circle? I guess they make it. Yeah, I mean, if it were me... I mean, Battle Royale matches are 20 minutes. Like, make it three hours and call it. Like, you don't need... what What do you need three days for? 
I think the three days is fine, but don't have any rules about, all right, lights off, all the guns put away, it's time for sleepy sleep. Like, don't, That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad. Like, I'm going to know where people are at based on where they are. Like... No, that's when you and, go can, hunting. Is this is this is an Apex exactly. This is an Apex Legends. <laughs> All right. This is PUBG. This is it's gonna. They're probably gonna have cameras and want to televise. It'll be a bunch of people humping in the weeds. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be humping in the weeds, and then they're gonna get shot instantaneously. Gonna be, wow, it'll be boring. I'm okay. It'll probably be fun for the people who do it, but I don't think it'll be fun to watch. I mean, no, I saw Battle Royale, and there was humping in that too when they weren't shooting each other. Oh yeah, there's always some. There's opportunities. I, when I say humping, I mean crawling on the ground. Oh, like, I thought oh, you meant getting uh, it well, on. Yeah, not actual sex. I just mean like, you know, when Well, you don't know. A couple might have decided to go to the real life battle royale as a romantic getaway. Maybe yeah. they met in Fortnite and they're like, we need to take this to the next level. Yeah. So listen, they they've already like shown how not committed to this idea by having camping. <laughs> they better be skydiving in for their locations. Oh yeah, I agree. And there better be a bunch of a lot of them better be I don't know, I should say that. Say this. What? What are you gonna say? A bunch of them better in be the about. plane. A lot of them better be end bombing and swearing in Chinese and China number one, China number one in the plane. You want the there full? Be a lot of that yeah. in the plane, or no, you, no deal. You want the full blue hole experience, is what you want. <laughs> the yeah. full blue hole, or it's not battle royale. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a good point. So, all right, <laughs> I think China number one. <laughs> yield it all the time for some reason. I don't. Here's why I think I. Here's here's well. I, there's a there's a big sort of subculture war happening right now. That's um around. If, to be honest, like old '60s era, um, like anti-Chinese sentiment going on right now because they have so much money and investment in everything mm. from. Speaking of epic and all the epic stuff, epic to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a sore spot for Tim Sweetie. We may not want to bring that up. It's It'll from us. there's more than that though, like Discord, uh, freaking uh, the very phones we're playing games on, or people this up Johnny's and do that. I mean, Diablo um, Immortal made by Tencent. <laughs> yeah, or not Tencent, um, Netties. It's Sorry. a little late for us to all freak out about how much China's building a lot of things we're doing, or that we're paying them to build, or that they're having us pay them for, or whatever. But there's there's a little bit of that sentiment. So what you're having is people who are freaking out about that and claiming everything's a spy job from Chinese communist whatever's. And then on the other hand, you got people going Chinese China rules, man. <laughs> China number one. China China, number one. That's my biggest memory of PUBG in my time playing every plane ride. China number one. Somebody yelling. <laughs> um, I hate it. The other plane. thing, I, there's a great idea here too. Are they do you have to drop in naked? Yes. And this is a great sponsorship opportunity for clothing chains, say like Gap, to leave Gap clothes <laughs> scattered all around the island. And then they could do a stop for a fashion shot so we can see the suite, whatever. It, maybe not Gap, maybe it's Gucci or something. I don't know. What if like, you send them in just into their whitey tidies and, and if for the ladies, just bras and panties and in you go. That's how you do it okay. in PUBG. At all least right. that's how I did it. Okay. Bras and panties. Don't try Here's not to land thing. in a tree and get all scraped up. Yeah. Nobody should do this. This is a scam. <laughs> this is going to fail poorly. That said, what we are describing, I would absolutely watch, and it would be amazing. Oh, I would so watch this. 
Are you kidding? Especially the clothes part. It'll be awesome. There'll be two people fighting over clothes. They won't even have their guns out. They'll have frying pans. Oh. They just need to put that like they're wearing giant clothes. They look like a little kid that found their dad's <laughs> shirt. And they're just like, this is all I can find. <laughs> it needs to be that. Or it's it's part of the charm of the, the Battle Royale experience. It's like the brother in the Christmas story with his coat on. Just too big for him. His arms sticking out the side. Look at me, everybody. And here's the thing they should do. If there needs to be actual ramifications of this, it can't just be, ooh, that's stung. I guess I'm out and try to keep track <laughs> like it's like it's freaking laser tag. That sucks. Uh, like, what do they do? I think it needs to be like trank darts. Trank darts, yes. <laughs> and have those, but have those trank darts not put the whole beast down. Have it be like localized. So if you hit him in the leg, your leg is just worthless. Like you just drag ooh, in your leg. Yeah. I don't see this going poorly at all. First time someone gets near the edge of a cliff and gets tranked in the butt and just. No. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I mean uh, that's the pro- a problem yeah. a little bit is the more realistic it is, the more we want to watch it. But the closer we get to that post-apocalyptic future. Yeah. That movies warn us about just at one point, they just give up after three days of camping in the cold. One guy has, has found, made himself a knife out of a rock and is stabbing the other guy's eyes out. And he's like, ah, the money is mine. Yeah. Could happen too. That's the other thing. We as a people have to watch it and go, how okay am I with this at the moment? Yeah. Are we are we going to go full Hunger Games or am I going to be appalled? I haven't decided exactly yet where I've landed. I mean, it's a little Running Man. Like it's, a little, it's a little ultimate. What's the what's that one with Gary or um, uh, Ice Ice T where he's on the run? Uh, the ultimate game or something like that. What's that called? Have you guys seen that? Well, there's the game with Michael Douglas, which I don't think is quite. Well, that's bad. not no, a battle royale. That's not bad. <laughs> But it could be. But there's uh, like hard target is kind of this. It's not battle oh, royale yeah. though, but oh, it's yeah. a similar yeah. idea. I just am saying if there aren't if there aren't stakes, then what's the point? Like just go we make know a... there's a line. <clears throat> yeah. We just are not a hundred percent sure where that line is yet. We'll know it when we see it. We should continue to inch towards the line until someone goes. We've gone too far. Yeah. I they should just throw up MMA fighters in it, and then whoever has to tap out, like they just they they MMA fight on the island, and then we just watch them just rail the shit out of each other. Yeah, I don't need guns. We watch MMA anyways, and there you got your blood sport, you've got your battle royale. There's no guns, but I don't need guns. All I would yes, put in MMA fighters in there, and they just beat the schmear out of each other. <laughs> And you know what? If there are two MMA fighters and you're the third guy that's taking an opportunity to pick on two guys half beaten up, that's Battle Royale, baby. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how that it. game works. You just come out of the forest, just bam, one on the head, bam. Also, the, the, the other head. the other staple of the genre is you got to have this circle that's always closing. Um, That can't yeah. be a thing you can just stand in and cheat or someone goes, ah, 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 you're over the line. Like, that sucks. It needs to be okay. painful. Big lawnmowers. Or... If you don't move in, you get eaten by the lawnmowers. <laughs> Here's what we do. <laughs> Sounds practical. It's, we start with paintballs because <laughs> those hurt when you get shot, and we've already established clothing quantity is questionable. Yeah. Everybody, so in the movie and the the manga battle royale, everybody had a collar. Yeah, that they would say certain areas are no longer safe. You have this long to get out of the area. Yeah, and the collar will make it one of those like what they put. Not exactly what, because I don't know how explosive those are, but the stuff they put in like bank bags where you open it and you get blue all over you you oh, know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. when they yeah, blow yeah. up the blow up the we put bag. a yeah. we put a collar with one of those on it uh. around all their necks 
and we say, okay, you got this long to move inside the circle or the collar goes off and you get paint all, all over you. Well, there, I mean, you could just do dog collars, you know, those will shock you. Have somebody up in the booth going, That's Hey, true. Billy's too close. Or that could be automatic. You just out there yeah. in this infrared matrix and he's getting a little too close to some off zone stuff. And then just gets more intense and the more he gets out there and before he, you know, he can't stand it. He's got to go back. Like these are all possibilities. I just, I'm saying there's no way I I'm, Okay, I also think this is a scam and isn't going to happen. But if it did, I would be very curious about how it all goes. Scott Scott just wants a good documentary. He liked the fire festival. I did. One. Yeah, <laughs> we can do another one. He wants it to fail, and then he wants a good documentary. Yeah, out of it. and I want I only rich people fine. to be able to afford to be in it, so that they get this. They get screwed the most. I want them to get. So screwed you don't the most. feel super bad about? Oh it. no, I won't feel like fire festival. Part of the. Part of the fun of that documentary was just, it's a good documentary. The one on Netflix, I think the Hulu one's okay too, but watching those is great. But what's really great is watching some Instagram influencer stuck with a melty cheese sandwich in the middle of nowhere and where there's nothing but sand, dust, and no plane to get out of there. Like, that's kind of great. So. I think that's why I wanted paintballs because I feel like they if you if you invited a bunch of model influencers, yeah, that would be the worst because like, they'd be tempted to shoot each other, but they're wait they'll be like, wait, let's get some likes, and they'll both each stop and take selfies <laughs> of it. Yeah, <laughs> but then you have some people that aren't, and they're just will peg them in the head. Yeah, see what they they should slum dog millionaire this biz and just get the absolute the literal poorest people in the world for whom this money would make a big difference. Yeah. It's a horrible thing to make them all fight over it, but that's what the that's what the battle royale thing is. Like it's all right. Video game ideas as real life ideas are not good ideas in most cases. We said we'd know where the line was when we got to it. (laughs) Yeah. Putting electric dog collars on poor people because they quote need it the most might be where I'm starting to see the line. It's definitely over the line, dude. I'm just I'm just trying to I'm pointing it out. I'm not I did say they should do this, but I'm taking that back. They shouldn't. Okay. All right. Fair but, enough. Here's the, so if they want to do it right, they'll do it. That I, I agree. Here's a quote from the founder of Hush Hush. Uh, and this sounds like a fire Festival quote to me. Battle Royale games have become incredibly popular over the last few years, and our customer is a huge fan and wants to make a game, the game a reality in the safest way possible. If the championship is a success this year, it's something he wants to make an annual event moving forward, which is very exciting. Like the fire festival. Like the fire hey, festival. Also, you know what? With the company being called Hush Hush, yeah. it makes it sound like they are going to kill people, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to be on tour? You have to be on tour to get the Hush Hush. <laughs> like we're never. They're going to be like, oh, they're just playing around. Yeah. They're just playing. We put squibs on these people, but then you never hear from any of these people ever again. Yeah. And every time they talk to the interviewer, they've just got like a dead eye stare and don't want to talk about mm-hmm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think. Hush Hush wants to actually kill people. Yeah, I think they're they they're thirsty for human blood. That's what's going yeah. on. Uh, and other uh, interesting things that happened yesterday or a couple days ago. Troy Baker is not returning as uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Or sorry, he is not returning as Tales from Borderlands. But he, the character is called Rise or Riz. I don't know. I don't Reese. remember that. Is it Reese? I don't remember this character yeah. at all. But apparently, people are pissed that he's not doing it. I mean, I am. But that's a hundred percent of people you know with an opinion that are mad. Yeah, that's true. But other people, man, he's he's sad too because apparently uh, he the character's in it. But Baker responded to a uh, Reddit post saying, "Sorry to break it to you all, but that's not me." 
He went on to confirm that there was a possibility he was going to reprise the role, but once he saw that epic, epic trailer, and everyone's like, OMG, I saw Reese, or Reese, rather, and he was like, well, there we go. It's not him. So I guess he knows as a VO guy that he would have already been involved in the project if they're going to show that level of trailer, and he says that's not him. But uh, anyway. Wow, well, that, you know, <clears throat> never mind. Maybe I shouldn't say it. No, say it. Do it, Bo. Put your I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad Gearbox is making all that extra money for being on the Epic Games Store <laughs> so they could not pay good vocal talent to be on the game. That's not yeah. what's happening. They're getting paid to be over there. Are you kidding me? They're like, I mean, but they are making questionable decisions. Like, this bums me out. I mean, here's the thing we, we talked about this a little bit in Slack, and it's one of those things where I sometimes feel like a little bit of a hypocrite on my stance on this because recasting of voice roles is not unheard of yeah and sometimes it's beneficial liam o'brien mm-hmm. not the original voice of illidan nope but he's you the iconic did. he's the iconic voice of illidan he's the one we all like yeah. so we choose to pretend that he's just always been illidan but that's not true so the idea of recasting a role as somebody else you know there are times where i certainly like that but it does bum me out this idea of a voice actor is a replaceable part of a character because I don't necessarily think that's true. I don't think anybody would tell you that Troy Baker was phoning it in so he didn't he didn't cut the mustard for his job. I mean, there's some voice actors at the end of almost all of our shows we play the voice actor for Dr. Light. Uh, I don't remember what he's saying at the end anymore. We play it every time, but the... Mega Man? <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a good question. Like that guy, that's we a, know why that guy got replaced. Yeah, it's no, not a mystery. Because he's we terrible. Know why it happened? Yeah, he's terrible. I, I don't think that Troy Baker was in the same position as say that guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's a talented voice actor and deserves to be, uh, you know, and, and has earned that role and yeah. it should be considered. I just don't like the idea of people saying. Oh, it's just a it's just a voice. Shouldn't be tied to the shouldn't be tied to it. That's well, it not true. How bad it is to be that when they don't even have the courtesy to tell you if it's not you didn't even get a heads up. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even tell him. In fact, he says this at the end. Here's a quote. I wanted Gearbox to know, Baker further explains, that if you're going to bring back characters from Telltale's Borderlands, it should be the people who originated those characters. They shouldn't just recast willy nilly because as a fan, that matters to me. It's pretty hardcore. He's not some jobber. Like, I mean, people at some point, voice actors earn a reputation. Like, if it's uh, if it's me doing your voice work and you don't tell me that someone else is doing the next game, like, I'm, I'm nobody. Right. But, you know, I think when people earn a certain amount of clout and a certain amount of reputation in, in their industries, like, it's Troy Baker. Like, you might not know any voice actors, but you probably know Troy Baker. Like, oh, you, literally, yeah. that guy is, he is the biggest name all over the place. Biggest name in video game voiceover right now. Big, biggest by far. So and like, I played I played uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two with him all night once with him and Liam and it was before he oh, blew nice. up and I thought at the time this guy's talented he does a really good uh, Tracy or not who who's the who's the guy from SNL was on Thirty Tracy Rock? Morgan Tracy Morgan he does an amazing Tracy Morgan man he is sure funny wow hope I get to play with him again and then like the next day well, I hope ex- I get to play with you again he exploded. <laughs> And we and I never heard it. I never saw him again. That was it. He went from to, that, not, to kind of like okay, working with all these guys to utter stardom. 
And that's where he belongs because he is that good. And for them not to at least say something to him is annoying. Because that's a little bit like saying, we're making Empire Strikes Back. Nobody tell Harrison Ford we're we're, we're just going to hire somebody else to be Han Solo. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't tell him. Just let him find out the same day everyone else does when the trailer drops. Yeah. He's really yeah. he was really good at Modern Warfare so, too, by the way. A, not not a good look there, Gearbox. Not looking good for your game. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I wanted to play a little something for you because you got me thinking, John, about voiceovers, voices changing. Um, here is some here's Tyrael from Diablo Two. I just want you to hear this. It'll freak some people out to hear this. It is good to see you again, hero. Mephisto's defeat is a great victory for the light. I knew that you would eventually find your way here. He's just like. White guy McGillicuddy, normal, <laughs> normal yeah, sound bland. Dude. It's not bad, no, but it's, it's fine. just kind of bland. Just, yeah. Yeah, the Pandemonium Fortress is the last bastion of heaven's power. Yeah, it's just kind of dumb, right? And then well, um, they did the they did the Kerrigan voice change to the the lady from Battlestar Galactica, and mm-hmm. people were up in arms about that because they thought it was just stunt casting. But I can't imagine Kerrigan voiced by someone else. No, she's so good. Point. Oh my gosh, she was so good. Such a perfect pick for it. I guess what I'm saying is maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe at the end of all of this, Troy Baker's character. It will be better with the new guy. Like that's because no. that's what we're saying with these other people. <laughs> I'm not saying that his character was perfect. <laughs> that may be okay. This may be the exception, but I'm just saying I'm going to keep an open mind. I don't even know who that character is because I didn't play much of the Tales of the Borderland things or thing. No, I think you just watched me play it. I did I streamed it, and you were there for a lot of it. And I think it was you good. I think you got me to buy it on sale or something. Uh, and I remember being. Super impressed with what I watched you play, and I thought, oh, I'll totally play that, and then I never did. I still have it. I just haven't played it. And now I feel weird playing, uh, um, what do you call Telltale it? Telltale Games. Telltale Games. It just feels weird. Not that I shouldn't, or I don't know. No, just think of it as you are you are putting time and effort into the work of a lot of people yeah. who were grossly underappreciated for their craft. There you I'm go. sure that all those people, as bad as their experience might be, would like to have their art appreciated. Well, I got good news for Troy Baker and a handful of other talented voice actors. Uh, Vikings. I'm not saying he'll get a job on this game or not, but uh, Vikings are the new Assassin's Creed setting uh, for next year. This was uh, not 100% totally 1,000% confirmed. However, there's a bunch of stuff on the walls suddenly in Division 2 that very much leads everyone to think that that's a hint as to what's coming for the next iteration of Assassin's Creed, which with Odyssey, uh, those guys are killing it. That is a fantastic freaking video game. And it's it's more like historic Witcher than it is Assassin's Creed anymore. And I'm fine with it. Um, It feels great. Those games are great. And the last two in particular have been just stellar games. So bring it to Vikings and they have not been afraid to bring a little mythology into it like they did with uh, both uh, Odyssey and Origins for that matter. Uh, There's a lot of stuff to farm out there in Viking Town. So bring it, dude. Anyone else excited about that? I, or am I the only one? Because I really no, like. No, I like guys. I like Vikings, and I liked Odyssey, even though it didn't it didn't get super favorable in the reviews. I really enjoyed it, but that's because I didn't play Origins, which I know is going to bum Scott out. But again, not my setting. It's yeah. in a desert, so I was not not a big desert guy. Yeah, not really into it. No. Turns out, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. literally into it, but not in. It. <laughs> you're, you're you're in it now. 
Like where yeah. you're talking right now, you're in it. But you'd really Yeah, but you'd really not necessarily want to just keep doing that in a video game. I get it. Nope. Um I watched Mad Max Fury Road over again, as you guys know, because I was talking yeah. about Slack about it. Mm-hmm. And it drove me to do two things that I wasn't expecting. One, to watch Road Warrior again from 1981. Uh, just because I wanted to. And there's some cool things in that movie. I mean, yeah. Fury Road makes it all seem dumb, though, to be honest. Fury, Fury Road is so good. It's almost like that other stuff was just experiments and he finally got it right. But anyway, I did that, which I was happy to do. Then I watched the movie again in the in the uh, Chrome uh, Shiny and Chrome edition, which is the black oh, and white yeah. edition, and it's that was the- awesome. Oh my gosh, it's so cool! It's worth it's absolutely worth doing if you haven't done it. Uh, just a just has a really, I don't know, it just adds like a third level feel to it that you didn't expect, and doesn't doesn't change your love for the original. It's just a different way of looking at it. And then, um. I turned around and reinstalled Mad Max on my on my computer, the the open world game from 2015. And I love that game. So I'm playing that again. So I'm all in on that. So the stuff John hates, I'm all back in on. Um, anyway. I love Fury Road. Let me just make this clear before yeah. you put me on the list of haters. I love that movie. Yeah. But I do. It's not my favorite setting in the whole wide world. But that movie is really great. In fact, that movie is so good. If you've ever seen the uh, redone trailer where they make it Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, I would watch that movie just again, <laughs> but with the Mario stuff on it. I would pay money to go see that movie just with the Mario stuff added on top of it. Because I, I like that movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror Edgar Wright, filmmaker Edgar Wright, maker of uh of uh, such films as Hot Fuzz and uh Shaun of the Dead and later uh Scott Pilgrim Scott versus the Pilgrim. Universe and uh, uh what's that car one he just did? The World's End Tavern was quite good too. Oh yeah, that one. But what's the one with the car Ray, Ray, uh, uh, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. Baby Driver. Uh highly lauded filmmaker. Uh and in Baby Driver showed a lot of action chops, right? Mm-hmm. And I would also argue that uh, Hot Fuzz is great action. Anyway, he said the other day on Twitter, Mad Max Fury Road is the greatest action film of all time. And I agree with him. Anyway, let's move on. I agree with you, too. Yeah. It's hard not to, but if you don't, kiss my butt. Greatest, greatest, greatest. Greatest. I'm, Name a greater I'm, one. Name one if you can. Who can you, what would you say is a greater action film? I can't. Yeah. Really I'm not like- ready to jump. I'm not ready to drink the Kool Aid, but I'm seeing people dying around me, and I haven't walked away yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta love that guy at a big cult uh, Kool Aid party. He's the best. Die Hard. The guy look, Die Hard's amazing. Drink very fast. He's going from person to person, talking to him, and the other person's going. Uh, all right, and he goes to somebody else to talk to them. Chat, chat room's throwing out some here. They're saying Die Hard. Aliens, oh, John Wick. Wick is pretty good. It is, but I, it's, no, it's, not, it's the not the same. Nothing on Fury. Yeah, Road. it's not the same. It's my favorite uh, Hitman on the Run movie ever. I love John Wick, and I love the John Wick movies. Can't wait for three. So stoked. Yeah. So I would give that high marks in whatever category we want to put it in. But if we're gonna just say action as a generic, doesn't beat Fury Road. No way. Aliens also. Aliens good. is great. Beats Fury Road. No. No, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest films all of all time. Yeah, Aliens Tur- is great. We just talked about Terminator Two. I might put that above Fury Road. Oh, 
I can't even do I can't even do that. I mean, I would put it in the same top 10 list, but I couldn't put it above it. The one I have a hard time with is Infinity War. Um because what? I'm I that movie is like wall to wall no story like for a lot of people that I've talked to. It's just like it and I'm like it's comic book action. Like it's it's action and it's full of it and I love it, but I, I think wouldn't... They, they, they leaned into it like 100%. Like this, I'm like, why can't every comic book movie just be lasers and get comets thrown on people? And yeah, like that's the only, I'm just like, oh, that comic book action is pretty good. But I still think Fury Road wins, but like it's hard. Cause... Well, even the Marvel movies are great and all, but they, and I love them and I can't wait for this new one. I mean, all that stuff's great. It's just that they're, I mean, most of that stuff's green screen. A lot of it's CGI. A lot of it's driven by other tech and stuff. What the respect I have for Fury Road goes deeper. It's mostly practical effects, like those stunt shots of blowing up trucks and stuff in the middle of the desert. That's all real. Like they're not yeah. coming in there and faking that stuff. Yes, the and Matrix there's a reason awesome. it looks so good is because they're. I mean, I don't like the way action scenes are edited in general these days, but. um Fury Road doesn't suffer from that for me. No. So that gets huge marks. Editing gets amazing marks in my book. I mean, just look at... So if you take the Daniel Craig, James Bond movie, Casino Royale. Yeah, great Which movie. was directed by the same guy who directed Goldeneye. Yeah. Which is also a, a James Bond movie I really like. Yeah. He loves to film action from a distance, let you see the whole flow, why people are doing things, uh, how they're doing things. I think Casino Royale, a movie about him playing a card game, is a thousand times better of an action movie than Quantum of Solace, the movie that comes right after it, which has a lot more action in it, but is directed so poorly that it's not enjoyable. I agree. Yeah, that's why so, I like Fury Road as well, because you get a lot of that that same kind of thinking in the shots. And even though, you know, it's over the top and crazy, it's like it's like a painting. Every everything's a painting in that movie. It's incredible. Yes, Bo. Sorry, I mean, sorry. Yeah, but Fury Road is a work of art. Like it's hard to compare because you say action films. I don't really think of um just the meaning behind shots and what things are supposed to, to how things are loaded in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just you look at Fury Road and you're looking at a person, uh, a piece of film art. But like I'm like I don't know, man. I, I was like, what's my favorite movie before for Fury Road, action wise? And I'm like, I'm like I really like Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like <laughs> you know, we're chucking action here, like just action. I don't know, but it's yeah. a hard category. And I obviously I know everyone's gonna have different opinions, but I feel yeah. I just the more the further I get from it, the fonder I am of it, and I just love it. And I want to watch it. I, I mean, I really love that movie too. I consider any movie I watch multiple times to be at least among my favorites yeah. in that genre. And for me, that's Fury Road, Infinity War, and Matrix Reloaded. Uh, oh, I bet. Oh, God. Wait, 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 wait. I was with you the whole way until you put Reloaded on the end. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so I am a fan of Matrix Reloaded and Matrix. What's the third one called again? Sorry, uh, I don't re- know. Recumbent. I stop at the Matrix as far as memory goes. Rewind no, those it. Those movies are, those sequels are amazing. Me- <laughs> Reloaded and what's the other one? I And this I know which- I hear you, Scott, and other shows all the time. You're like, oh, those turds. And I'm like. Mm, I, 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 I want to, no, I want, actually want to understand this. You like them. They're um, amazing. I like them better than the first movie. Wow. I like the sequels better than the first movie. That blows my mind. I like the prequels better than the new movies. Uh, I almost think the prequels, Star Wars, are better than the original series. And I'm definitely super into the sequels over the first. I like the first Matrix. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. And 
the first Matrix, I get it. It's artistic, it's philosophical, it makes you think. But there's some badass action stuff in the sequels, and I like that kind of thing. And there's way more of that in 2 and 3 than there is in 1. Well, 2 had that awesome freeway scene that is really I mean, I even like, I know there was some blemishes, but that... One Neo versus all the Agent Smiths. I love that thing. I watched Some that blemishes. It looks. I mean, so it wasn't. Per- it wasn't perfect, but but I mean, they tried to do something that hadn't been done before. I mean, what do you expect? Okay, it came up a bit short, but it's amazing still. Yeah, I love it. It would look really good now. They could pull that off hardcore. That whole thing with yeah, all the. Agent where's Smiths. our yeah. Matrix Reloaded Special Edition? We'll see if when they're less rubbery, if it looks better. <laughs> rubbery is a good way of putting it. Sweet, all right, I got you know, at least one person to agree with me in the chat room. I feel like a victory. I'm going to go. Here's what I'm going to do. Finally, someone says it. <laughs> I'm going to watch those sequels again just so I can have some fresh eyes on it. It's been a very long time, and I don't want to poo-poo it. Like both Definitely, one is, one is like objectively better than two and three, for sure, with all the revelations and coolness. But right. two and three gets a lot of baggage it doesn't deserve. Just, Same with I just Wars. didn't like it. They're like, what if we explained ghosts? It's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, uh, it's fine, but like, I don't know. There are some cool ideas. I think it could be done better. I would love to see someone take another stab at it. Yeah. Uh, the Matrix world as a whole, because I think it's a cool world and all of that, but I don't know. I guess for me, and this is going to sound weird because so much of Fury Road is action, and people like to joke about the, it's about a story about driving to a place and then driving back. Yeah. You know, people get real reductive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I need that story. And The Matrix had it, and I didn't care about it in the other two. And you can put as much badass action as you want in those two movies. It's not going to make up for the story coming up short for me. Like, that's too important to what I need yeah. for okay. me to to like it. But I, I do have to give Bo there's a i mean the last fight in in the last fight in those movies is basically a dragon ball z fight and i kind of dig that they decided to go it makes no sense to me they they punch each other so hard that they make a circle of air where there's no rain in it they're like whoa Um, it doesn't help that the whole time i was annoyed by like we've got all these smiths and they're like how do we do this well he'll just say that he's the one that wins so he only has to fight one of them that still irks me but uh yeah that fight is kind of cool even if it doesn't could they okay i got a question though could they is is, uh, um you know how topher grace made a um a, a mega edit of all is it all star wars or what was it Star Wars. So I, yeah, all the Star Wars. Okay, yeah, yeah, he made some giant mega edit of all the Star Wars movies, and that it's supposed to be just amazing, like a great thing. I don't know why Topher Grace is the guy doing this, but anyway, <laughs> what else is he gonna do? I mean, I don't know. He was great in that uh, uh, robots Spider-Man three. <laughs> no, the... oh, he was where he gets uh, he gets nuked by his freezer. Yeah, his freezer had all that. Uh, yeah, he got all red face from it. I like that segment. That was good, and it was that chick from. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim and um, uh, the new Fargo season. Anyway, yeah, she's great too. I can't think of her name. Mary, no, something. Mary she Elizabeth has three names. Elizabeth Winstead. There it is. Winstead. Nice yeah. job. I just had to have it start, and I could roll it down the rest of the hill. So, so what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, has anyone done that with the Matrix? Is there a mega, like an accepted mega edit that somebody went through, chopped out all the garbage, or made the stories more cohesive, or or something like that? Because that could be pretty rad. Not, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking of other movies too that that get 
that have had a bad rep that are actually good. Because I mean, that is fun. What's the unpopular movie that you really like? I mean, I know Scott's going to say Waterworld, but I love Waterworld, <laughs> I do so I, I don't think uh, that's going to float here. But so V for Vendetta is amazing. Oh, I love that movie. I really like that movie, too. Nothing I wrong with V for um, Vendetta. And it's got good source material, and they stay true to the spirit of the source material. I love the book, comic yeah. book. I love the movie. More so than The Watchmen or anything like that. And again, that's a Wachowski Touch product, and those are very divisive films. Another film that's better than people gave it credit for is their Speed Racer film, which I think is a, an amazing movie. It's an amazing looking movie, but my problem with Speed Racer is the problem I have with the two Matrix sequels is the story is just as limp and fizzy as a little turd. There's just no story yeah. in it. And it's, I mean, it's about a thing that hardly had any story either, so I don't know how much I can complain about that, but there is something, there is something to Speed Racer. I mean, I think the thing is about that film is that it's like we talk about the dramatic art. And I would say, like, I would say, yeah, probably the script isn't super strong. But there's a lot of film ideas and edits and the way they present things that are really bold and different. And it's the same kind of thing that you appreciate from Fury Road. I almost said Fury Road. (laughs) There's got to be a parody video. Now, that would be the parody, like Hot Shots Part 2. Like, (laughs) Mad Mad Sacks, Fury Road. I'm sure it exists, (laughs) by the way. I'm sure it does. It has yeah, to. there has to be a furry road. Uh, the chat room <laughs> made me laugh. Who was it? Uh, Neon Steeple says, what was that Zack Snyder movie where the chick danced versus Nazis? <laughs> oh, um, uh, um, super chicks. No, uh, no, no, uh, no. Finger black. No, that's not it. Um, <laughs> my God. Sucker oh, punch. No. Sucker yes. punch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your second choice was not the right one. Sucker punch, sucker punch. Sucker oh my punch. gosh, dude! Mark, good Mark Lord. sucker punch. There you go, Mark sucker punch. Uh, Sorry, the founder of Fastbook. Anyway, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the one. That's the movie. Anyway, where were we? What were we saying? I, oh. That movie I don't like. Oh, uh, we were trying to come up with movies that are typically not well received, but uh, oh, we, but are uh, actually kind of. Bo good just gave us like a. Bo gave us a, a lot. <laughs> you did. Sorry. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's no, a topic no, I get no. on because I hear people bag on movies that like like all over the place. It's just universally accepted hate for things that I'm like, oh, I like those movies. I think it's fine. And it's a good reminder that, you know, we all get to like what we like. and yeah. That's true. That's nothing true. wrong with us having a, you know, a spirit of disagreement. But I like I like that you have those. I wish I felt stronger about them. That's why I'm kind of now tempted to watch them. I kind of want to, you know. I also want to. I also. Up. I also want to go back and see if, like, I finished uh, Road Warrior. Now I want to go see Thunderdome and see if it's as poopy as I remember Thunderdome being. Because Thunderdome has a couple of really cool things, like Master Blaster and all that stuff. Mm. That's a little too yeah. soon after Bo said the other thing. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but the sequel to Sucker Punch Master Blaster. <laughs> Master Blaster. But I want to see. I want to. I want to revisit it and just say, all right, well, let's have an open mind here. Let's not be, you know. Let's not jump on the anti. Uh, there's re- really good stuff in Beyond Thunderdome, but there's it's kind of bad a lot though. Of, there's a lot of saxophone. In that one it's, it's, a, it's not a good match no, to the genre. It's a thing of its time, and that's the other thing that I really believe very strongly in with Fury Road. The best movies I have in my head from all sorts of movies are the ones where. They've matched they've matched tone of the film with tone of the score with tone of the cinematography like all of that stuff just needs to be the right puzzle and they all fit together these pieces and Junkie XL's uh, uh, theme and and all the music he does for Fury Road is so 
tonally dead perfect for it. It's exactly what it should be. So going back and watching Road Warrior and hearing kind of a more traditional, albeit 80s time period, but just kind of a normal approach to the score is really disappointing uh, and a bummer. And you forget just how powerful that score is. It's really incredible. And I would say that's true of, I mean, Star Wars is a stupid 70s bad science fiction film if they didn't have the level of sound work and the level of music they decided to put with that film. You don't have those two aspects and they just went with 70s synth and, um, you know, crappy sound effects. That's not a movie we care about today. There's no right. billion dollar sequels. There's no modern day Disney pays four billion for it. None of that exists. It's it's it was like I don't know if that's like fate or what that is, but you just had the right exact match of tone and look and 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 everything to match it. And I really believe that with with Fury Road. Fury Road is is it's not like it's a worse movie without it, but it's so much better with that music. It's inexorably tied to it next time you watch it you'll see what i mean everybody just listen to that junkie xl soundtrack it is i thought of mine okay go. i got one go terminator 3 i actually like terminator 3 i don't mind it it's okay i i think it's a okay movie yeah and then it has a really good ending has a good ending arnold wasn't too old yet there was some some stuff going for it it was okay yeah it's it, all right. seen it. It was maybe just. I should watch it based on your. It was just in the. Oh, you know what? Here's another one. Uh, and it's. It, I feel like it's in the same vein. But I like. I really like Alien Three. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Alien. I don't 3's know if you're movie. gonna get me on that one. Let me. Let me tell you what I like. Prison Planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love uh, the whole idea of a prison planet is the one of my favorite science fiction tropes. I love it. Yeah. Um, going mm-hmm. back to a single alien is cool. I hate how it started. Because you had all these characters I loved last movie, and now they're just dead. I hate that. Okay, I have a lot of problems with that movie. Don't get me wrong, it's not the perfect movie. But it's David Fincher, and there's some Fincher-esque things going on I think are really strong. And I love the prison planet motif. Is great. And that's Charles Dutton's awesome. Charles Dutton is great on it! If it was about just new characters, that movie, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but the, the way it was much maligned. Alien Three at the time was much maligned. I remember. Oh that. yeah, still but it, it is. It's like if somebody brought over their dog, and the first thing it did was take a big dump on your carpet. <laughs> you wouldn't care how great the dog was for the following hour that you spent with it. You just would remember that you're cleaning up poop and scrubbing your floor for that. Time. Well, I like your I like your metaphor, but also in the movie in Alien Three, wasn't the alien deposited in the dog? The dog was the host. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a dog alien. Yeah, I like that. I like that you put those two together. That's pretty good. But that thing also had um uh I also kinda like four. Okay, here's the big admission. I kinda like four. Too. I like all the alien movies except for the alien V Predator ones. I don't like those. Those aren't good. I, I kinda like those. <laughs> I mean they're dumb. Not not a lot, but a little. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's fair. But that Alien 4 scene where that half-human, half-alien uh, DNA creature gets sucked through a hole the size of a penny is one of my favorite things. I just <laughs> love that. Plus, it's got, um, uh, what's his name, Hellboy in it. Um, can't think of his name. Uh, who's the actor? Ron Perlman? Yeah, Ron yeah. Perlman's in it. He makes things better, I think, when he's in them. Just a, 
It's a good movie. Isn't there a moment? Resurrection or which yeah. one are you talking about? Yeah, Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh, there okay. a moment where she throws a basketball over her shoulder and it goes through the net to suggest that she's very skilled at things? Yes, because she does okay. it over Ron. She does it over Ron Perlman because she's because yeah. she's half alien DNA as well, right? Or she's got a little bit yeah. of DNA. And we all know aliens very good at basketball. <laughs> I want to watch that again. It's been a while. That's fun. Actually. It's fun. Because it's got um hairy shoulders guy. Hairy shoulders guy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, that? You, I don't know the actor's name, but he's got he's wearing a tank top in Alien Resurrection. His shoulders are ridiculously hairy. Hold on. Alien um, Resurrection. Oh no, I know who Bo's talking about. It does. You just want to go over him with a little lawnmower. Uh, hairy Alien shoulders. Resurrection. IMDB. And Oh, he's he's from he's uh, Nick Tortelli from the from Cheers. It's um uh, Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya, yeah, he's he was Nick yeah, Tortelli on guy. Cheers. Yeah, he's great. Love that guy, but he wears a tank top. Like you know how you're like, oh, the th- we started. <laughs> did we start the show saying in Terminator Two? The only thing I remember is the guy with the grenade going. Ah, 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I remember from Alien Resurrection was being shocked at how much hair that guy has. <laughs> I was like, Christ. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god, that is! Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just googled Dan Hedaya shoulders, and that is a thing. Yeah, all I had to do was Alien Resurrection hairy shoulders, and it gave me a picture of Dan Hedaya's hairy shoulders. So they know, they know what's up. Oh my yeah, gosh, hairy, look at that! He's a hairy man. Is that real? Like it's, it's wild. Look, there's even a picture from Aliens where it's yeah, like, where the camera's like, like making it. Oh, chat room, you gotta see. That. I'm gonna put this in here. Look at it in Discord, and then I'm gonna put it up. Like that's extra hairy. <laughs> something else. All right. Well, that's a good detour that we took there. Enjoy. I mean, it. someday the Unreal Engine will be able to render stuff like that too, and I look forward to it. There you go, chat. Look at that thing. Look at those. Look at those shoulders. That is a fire hazard. Get him off the ship. Holy Moses! All right. I didn't even remember Ron Perlman was in it. I just remember the hairy shoulders. I need to watch it again. It's been a while. It's a great name, Harry Shoulders. I like that. It's also got the guy who plays the Doc in Deadwood. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that, he's such a good character actor. He's in a ton of things. Millions of he's things. He's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's, yeah, which uh, I just watched. With Billy. Tom, or, yeah. yeah, I just watched it. It's fan, he's fantastic in that. He's great in... Uh, He's good in everything. That guy's great. He's Worm Lord Tongue. of the Rings, Mist 3, to bring yeah. it back to video games. Yeah. Oh, he is in Lord of the Rings, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's Worm Tongue. He's the one whispering to Greenface. Uh, Brad Dourif is Brad his name. Brad Dourif, yeah. He's awesome. We all like Brad Dourif. He's, he's coming everything, he's, but like he's like not the fourth, you know. No one's like, I can't wait to see that new Brad Dourif film. <laughs> but he's amazing. Yeah. You know, like he's incredible everywhere he is. So. He's in a lot of film sack movies and I like he that. was even in Star Trek. Whoa, what? That's out. crazy. Uh, just a quick note that Hellboy is getting terrible reviews. So if you were excited about a rated R Hellboy reboot, sorry, it's not it's not going to do well to 10 percent currently uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And a lot of people saying it's soulless and noisy and a mess and not a, uh, a good movie. And if anything, it just vindicates Del Toro's vision for the previous two. So there's that. Bummer McBummer Pants. Real quick, the games we're playing this week. I mentioned a game that's harder than I remember it being, but I decided to start Battle Chasers again. I got in the mood for sort of turn-based Japanese RPG-style game, but with a more Western 
uh, art style approach, and that's definitely what that game is. Um, oh, that's the one that had uh, Joe Mad do the art for it, right? Correct. That is correct. I and don't know how to it, say his last name, so I stopped it. Mad. Madeira, Mad Donk a Donk. I don't remember. <laughs> He's one of my favorite artists. He's very good. He's very very good, and the art is awesome. It's one. It's the biggest strength of the game. Um, it it under the the sheets, it's kind of just sort of. It's a turn-based thing with like here, use your items or your abilities. These cost mana. These don't. Um, it's not super depthy that way it's you know like an older uh, final fantasy style combat system but the presentation the animation the battle stuff the sound effects are so good oh my gosh they're so good everything's animated it's not just like those games where on the one side of the screen they're sort of doing this and when it's their turn to hit they go yeah and then there's like a little scratch 50 yards away on the dude as if you went over and hit him sort of pokemon style it's not like that your dude will just like leap over there with a sword and slice and it's fully animated, beautiful 3D models and stuff. It's just awesome. And I just got in the mood for it. I don't know why. So fired that up. I already owned it. Decided to get in there a bit, which I did. Oh, we lost Bo. What happened to Bo? And you're you're liking it? Yeah. Oh, there he is. He's back. Hey. Uh, I, I like it a lot. And I think that it's worth looking at if you skipped it the first time. It's on Switch. It's on PC. It's on... PlayStation, Xbox, all that stuff. It looks good. Yeah, it's a cool game. I've looked at it before and been like, oh, I don't know, but it does look like best in class kind of thing. Like, Yeah, I mean, polish-wise, really yeah, really polished. It's harder than I thought, though, or harder than I remember. Um, it is not hand-holdy. It is a difficult uh, dungeon-crawling thing. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of grinding, though. It's just a skill thing, and I, and I enjoy it. I like it a lot. So check it out, Battle Chasers. Pretty awesome game. I also saw on Steam they had Thronebreaker for sale, and I remember Bo saying nice things about it, or I think it was you. Um, uh, well, I want it. I just haven't played it yet because I haven't finished Witcher, but I've played Gwent, yeah, like the Gwent game, and I love Gwent in Witcher 3. So Then you'd probably really like this. Um, it's cool. It's the best voiced game I've probably played in a while. Like It's top-shelf storytelling voice acting stuff better than better than the witcher better than anything i've ever seen these guys make before um i'm surprised by it honestly i was surprised by how good that stuff is it's it's extremely well um produced in that regard and it's this top down sort of i don't know almost uh, um baldur's gate style approach to the world itself where you kind of go on this overworld sort of thing but then you have the story you're involved in uh, you're picking up resources as you go, doing side quests, that sort of thing. And all of the battles, all of the fighting happens in in a Gwent battle. Now, to some people, including me, when they first heard that, I went, oh, really? You're going to make me play Gwent to, to fight this thing? Um, it turns out the way they do it isn't so Gwenty that, you know, it's not like you have to, oh, I don't have this card yet. Well, better buy some more packs. It doesn't work that way. It's just the enemy uses certain cards against you and you have your cards that you're working on and building up and, and you fight back using those cards. It feels like it would be this. Um, it, it's really just an aesthetic choice. You could have just made it more like a chessboard where I put a couple of dudes out in front instead of a couple of cards out in front and then they would fight. Um, mm. It's feels good. I like it. Uh, I am not very far, but I really like what I've played so far and it's freaking beautiful, beautiful uh, visuals and the voice stuff. Like I said, is, like top tier 
I'm really excited to play that game. I need to get back to The Witcher so I can. It's on sale, or it was yesterday. I got it. Yeah, got it for like fifteen, which made me happy. Uh, It's still twenty-five bucks Canadian, but uh, oh, it's Canadians, man! They're screwing you. I'm telling you, our money is not worth very much. Yeah, at least as compared to the American money, your money's worth so much. Yeah, so valuable. It's good though. It's Gwenty. It's witchery. Mm -hmm. Although I haven't run into Geralt. I guess I do at some point uh, because he's on the art. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) right now I'm just a queen lady and uh, doing some stuff. I fought some of the I fought some of the creatures I know from The Witcher Three, and a couple of dudes who are just dicks. it's uh it's cool i think it sounds like the witcher world (laughs) yeah and it's got a nice um you know like when you camp you have all these buildings at your camp that you can improve that will help improve your card so if i have a certain kind of command camp that would add a certain card to my to my deck that would be good at recon or you know good buff cards or things like that i was I'm, i'm impressed with it i was really worried about gwent being my method of combat and i came away it came away feeling more like not D and D exactly, but kind of the same idea. You're just you're taking a turn and you're throwing down a thing, and these these cards are extremely coolly animated. I don't know if it's the same in Gwent or not, but I haven't really played the full Gwent game. But they're just beautifully animated, three D looking cards, and and it just I don't know. It feels like more strategic, and I liked it. I like it a lot. Uh, and then I've been playing ESO like crazy. So there's that, John. Yes. Back on Warframe, eh? Yeah, I can't seem to escape it. It's that game that's perfect to just kind of, you know, if I, you know, need to, it's a, it's a good game to just jump into and goof around in. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that. I downloaded uh, Elder Scrolls Online off of your recommendation. Yeah. But I haven't done much more than be on a boat. He got attacked by a kraken, and oh. then I was in a jail cell and. Oh, you're doing the That's, whole, uh, the whole, is this your first time in? Uh, I mean, yeah, I always say do the tutorial cause I always forget. It's not that it has complicated controls, but it has enough that's different from Elder Scrolls that I don't really remember it. Right. So I'm always like, yeah, sure. Show me the tutorial. I'll okay. go back to tutorial Island and try this out. again. So I've seen that guy get attacked by a Kraken a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's been in there for a while. I think they changed a little bit of it though. Can't remember, but uh, well, well, that's good. I think I think depending on which expansion you have might change the opening, but I think just because I have the the Morrowind thing, I think that's where I by default start. Yeah, because that seems to be the only option I ever have. And I remember back in the day when I first played it, I was in a prison, escaping from a prison, uh, instead of being on this ship. I mean, you still end up in prison after the Kraken attack because it's an Elder Scrolls game. You always end up in prison, but like it's a different prison. So that's true. uh, It's it's good. Uh, I definitely like the game. But yeah, I've I've gone through that tutorial so many times that now I'm past the stuff like the little reminder of how the controls work. And I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here because this is (laughs) I've done this a lot. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same, you know, it's like that moment where you're watching the dude in Skyrim get his head cut off for the billionth time. And you're like, I don't need to watch this again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's good. Honestly, though, I think I'm going to wind up back on The Witcher 3 because that is installed. I did start that back up. I said today on Twitter because Kyle was pushing The Witcher 3 hard and you don't have to push me that hard on that game to want to play it. 
Uh, I never played the DLC. When I first tried the Hearts of Stone, mm -hmm. uh, it was all in Polish for some reason for me. Um, I thought it was just a bug because everybody had PL next to their name, but I guess that stands for Polish language, and yeah. I didn't understand any of the books. And I was like, weird, maybe I have to learn how to read this book. And then I looked it up, and it was like, no, that's in Polish. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out a way to fix it, so I went to the Blood and Wine DLC, which I was really loving, but... It was just that completionist mentality of I knew there was some DLC that I did not participate in yeah. that was locked to me, mm -hmm. and it bugged me enough to give up, even though I was really enjoying Blood and Wine. So yeah, Blood and Wine. I'm and going to go back and and play through all. Blood of and Wine's supposed to be just the greatest DLC in the history of ever. It's supposed to be amazing. That's all I've heard is that it's amazing, yeah. and that like playing it. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still on in Skellige, and uh, that's where I'm at too. In there. I mean, you can't rush through the base Witcher game because it slowly dawns on you just how dense that game is when the places you visited crop up with like a whole bunch of new quests to do in those areas. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like if you kind of look at the landmass and say, if I do this area's quest, like World of Warcraft, and the hubs are cleared out and I can move on, but like stuff keeps popping up yeah. everywhere, and I'm yeah. like, geez, new stuff. Not only that, but it's stuff that's not. It's not just go clear out these rats. It's multi-story you know stuff it's crazy that game man I, I played one side quest that involved a werewolf and it involved i guess what do they call it blood magic or death magic like bringing a corpse back from the dead to speak with it oh, and it was yeah. cool yeah, it was yeah. so cool i remember that i loved that yeah i like that stuff too but well that's awesome i'm glad to hear both of you are doing that well i'm you know i'll be in eso just waiting around if you ever get bored <laughs> Just come I on. I saw the in. download queued. I bought it on the show last week and I just haven't downloaded it. It's fine. You would get outside of my hype bubble and, and it's like, oh, I'm in the tutorial again. I'm going to play the Witcher. <laughs> I know it was. It really was. It just <laughs> killed me. Guy got grabbed by the crack and I was like, oh, yeah. And then uh, I opened up loot chest cube that they gave me mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden there's just like this strange kajit <laughs> in the boat that's about to get attacked and he's just like hello yeah i was just like what are you where did you come from why are you on this boat he's like do you want to look at this cube and yeah. I was like, okay yeah. sure why it's, not it's and their version of that's their version of loot boxes basically and you get one once in a while and just sort of open but but yeah that must be weird when he just pops in because it doesn't matter what you're doing he can he can be there like yeah. I'll be fighting a wild pig and hit the button accidentally and bam there's there's a cat man telling me what I need to do with the cube. It's pretty great. And then when I get rid of him he always says, "Okay, I've got you later then. Not a problem or whatever." Takes off. I love that game. Uh all right. Oh, what else? Did you have anything else? No, that was it. No, nope, that's War it frame. for me. Bo, uh, you mentioned Arena. Still playing Arena? Still going? I am hook hook deep. I, past four nights all I've done play arena yeah you'll appreciate this i'm playing so i've gotten enough for a constructed deck and i'm playing my white weenie <laughs> deck. white weenie deck wow yeah okay. i'm playing with my white I play weenie with deck. that deck every day of my life <laughs> um but i'm just having fun playing best of one ranked not ranked but best of one constructed events and earning free cards and earning all kinds of free stuff and i can go seven wins which is the maximum wins now i've done that four or five times feels good i'm just I just love playing that game right now. It's I might have to like uninstall it. <laughs> no, keep going. You sound like you're having I fun. Play, it's the kind of games where I can like that I can stop and 
after a while, even if it's hard. And something like this game, I'm, I'm just having a hard time. I think I'm starting to remember why I stopped playing Magic in the first place, and it was like it consu- it's all consuming. Yeah, um, just being into it. So, did you ever yeah. do? Were you all into like the tabletopy stuff and all that? Like, I uh, was huge into Magic for five or six years. I mean, you go to uh, Saturday pre-release Saturday. I'm going to play. I'm going to play uh, Magic: The Gathering with other people in the city, hmm. and played a lot. I used to play just all the time. That's awesome. That and poker. Those are my two games for few years at least all i was playing but oh, i would totally uh, play poker with you that'd be fun i would do that you want to play poker with yeah, me let's play poker let's do it i like poker okay. i'm not great at yeah. it but i like it i like five i, I like uh, five car stud i like texas hold'em and i like oklahoma oh shit there's a thing something oklahoma <laughs> oklahoma ah uh, shit you're talking about like uh omaha omaha that's what oh. i meant Omaha. Yeah. Omaha is too hard for me. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it's too many cards. It's a lot of cards, and I'm not great at it, but I kind of enjoy the structure. But It's fun because there's more luck involved, I think, in that one, at least as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I do like some good yeah. poker, though. I like a good poker game. I like poker. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for what we are playing, and that's going to do it for the show. We're going a little long today, so we're going to cut uh, our last uh, bit out. We're not going to get into the thing we promised at the top of the show. Well, all right. Let me just, we'll do a cliffhanger for next week because Jordan Cap, a guy who lives here in Salt Lake City somewhere, he's a fellow Utah. He has all sorts of hair to pull about uh, Bo's stance on the right. store, the Epic store, and the, uh, the other thing. What I, I think I'm going to do for time is hold this till next week, but I want to put out there that anybody who I want to hear pro Epic store or pro uh, greater pro- proliferation of other stores on the on on the PC platform. And I want to hear from people who just like, nope, I want it all here on Steam. I want to get like a bunch of those responses and we'll spend a chunk of time on that next week. In lieu of something else, because I think that I was going to say it, it might be a bit disappointing to put it that way, because just really quickly, I just feel like that's that's the part that's been confusing people the most mm. is I've been expressing my feelings on something and why I think it's bad. And I've gotten a lot of rational thought sort of against me. And and I want to say, like, you can't, you know, I hate death. Yeah. So if someone near me dies, don't come talking to me about the cycle of life and death with your rational explanation that everything's okay. Just let me be angry. Yeah. You know? And there's a little bit of that going on. It's just mm. not a it's not a Steam versus Epic thing. Right. It's just yeah. It's just This isn't this isn't a debate that has a solution. It's but a sure. this feels bad to a person, this doesn't feel as bad to another person. And how do you actually quantify that? That's a great way of putting it. Maybe we don't want your feedback then because Yeah, I mean like I got plenty of it on Twitter. I'm not interested in people telling me that I'm ranting or being pejorative. Like I I, I using those pejorative words, like it's 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 definitely all all based on my personal feelings about things and disliking the things I'm seeing specifically from Epic and the people they're partnering with. But like, it's not. I'm not. I've had people say that I can't believe Bo is pro monopoly, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I never said that at all. It's words in my mouth. Like you're you're taking my position on it and then and then say putting things into my mouth. No, they're not is- only doing that. I did a post this morning that was I was calling out a segment of the gaming community who are. Normally, and I, I think you use the word an- anarchistic, but they're they're usually like, screw them in. 
get it any way we can get it. Piracy rocks, you know, just like underground this and let's go to Reddit and, you know, review bomb something or whatever. Like that crowd is arguing, seemingly arguing hardcore for a monopoly. They're like, don't go anywhere but Steam. And to me, that seems crazy for that group to talk like that because normally they're all burn it, burn it all down. And suddenly they're suddenly they're all devoted to one platform seems crazy to me. And then people would take that, took my tweet today and went, Oh, is that a slight jab at Bo? I'm like, no, it's not at all. Bo's not one of these crackerheads anyway. If you're an anarchist, you don't like any structures of power, so you should be review bombing Steam itself. You should hate everything. (laughs) Epic's (laughs) the least of your concerns. Steam is the man. Like, there isn't anything anyone said that's been rational that I've disagreed with. Steam owns a big market share. They could use competition, blah, blah, blah. None of that. I disagree. None of that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've made your point pretty clear. So yeah. that's why I just want to throw it out there. Like I'm not interested. Like, it's a Coke versus Pepsi thing. It's an Xbox versus PS4. It's these unwinnable debates. Mm. We're talking about feelings. So all those things about the rational, smart things you're thinking kind of just don't matter. If, I mean, it, it's sort sense. of like going off of that. It's sort of like if, if somebody was like, Hey, I like Mountain Dew. And then someone was like, Oh, so you like mountain biking. <laughs> no i like the taste of a soda like it's a it's a soda that i drink that i enjoy like there might be a culture of people who um you know that gets branded to with that but that doesn't mean that i ascribe to everything under the sun with that you know it's it's one of those things where just because both stance might be i don't like what they're doing doesn't mean hey I I agree with all practices that apply to this general line of thought. It's it's right, weird. Right. It is me. weird. Like I, I, I like, will say oh sorry. I thought you were done. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say like I I don't agree with Bo on a lot of like philosophical standpoints on this, but that doesn't mean he's wrong and that doesn't mean I'm right. And if you agree with one of us or the other, it it's it's like Bo said, it's feelings. Yeah. And part of it is my, like, I park my feelings about this and say, ooh, look at that cool new Omnica, or what the hell, I forget what it's called, but that new dungeon crawler that's on the Epic Store and only there. I got to get that game. It is so sniffing my butthole. I got to play it. And your space anus. So in my, in my space anus, or my spanus, as we decided to call it earlier, <laughs> um, I am going to get it, and I'm going to get it there because in my head, I look at it and go, these are just installers almost. It's almost like I just had to go to Walmart instead of Kmart to get the game. And it's I'm using the Kmart installer instead of the Walmart installer. But it's still installing to my hard drive. That's my own justification for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I should be allowed to go, well, because my feelings are this way, Bo can bite a horse. Like you, you're of course entitled yeah, or to. Clearly, I'm stupid or misguided or right. whatever, and that's like that's not the case. No. By the way, I've installed the Epic Game Launcher oh. onto my system. I didn't buy or play anything, but I felt stupid talking about it two days in a row and not even having <laughs> used it. Like what? Yeah. I'm not really a reporter, a gaming journalist, but seriously, what kind of reporting is? I don't even use the damn thing, and I'm criticizing it. So. I installed it. Yeah. And we'll report on it next week. You still have 30 bucks on it. there, right? Just 30 bucks sitting I've there? I've still got 30 bucks on there, and um, I own Shadow Complex. It's a good game. Yeah. It's a not a great storefront right now, but, I mean, It's it a works. good web page. 
<laughs> That's what it reminds yeah. me of. Is it's a web page, basically. You know, um, who knows? But yeah, it's, it, they'll, they'll it's fine. Yeah, they, I'm, I, you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You're good. <laughs> it, it's fine. Like I'm not. I'm I never was like. <sighs> the point I was always trying to make was not like Epic shouldn't have a game store. It was like telling me that in a world where Activision Blizzard can have a great year and lay off a bunch of people, telling me that devs are going to make more money for AAA studios just like doesn't just doesn't do it for me. That's all. It's a personal take on it. Like not every I heard from people who agree with me and heard from people who don't and they are live on different extremes of the spectrum. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to install it. It means I don't want to install it. Right. And those that's those are feelings and that's a very different thing than the rational uh, thing that um well like the old song says uh, feelings nothing more than feelings, feelings right yeah that i've ever felt before i don't know how the song goes <laughs> no you got it i think you're <laughs> oh, every time i laugh i sound like that horrible cartoon character when i was a kid that wheezed when he when he laughs what's his oh name? yeah like the dog right yeah like, like a jerk <laughs> dastardly's like mutley was that his name that was mutley, mutley is it Oh, you got a mind like a steel trap. I don't remember any of the names of those things. I remember Yogi Bear and Boo Boo, and but that Hanna Barbera era where everything was kind of shit. But I still kind of like it because I don't know. It's all we had. I think that was don't it. Remember Mumbly. him? and it was Ruf- Rufus P. Funkerdale says Mumbly or Mutley. It's Mutley. It is Mutley. I believe Mutley. Yeah. Uh, what Anyways, is this? that's it. Well, we'll do more next week. Uh, we're at time, days. folks, I think. Yeah, I think we're at time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, bow out of here, and we're going to play some games. So that's another reason that we're going to be uh, calling it quits here today. Uh, if you would like to be a part of the show and check us out in a more uh, complete way, head on over to frogpants.com slash core show. No, that's not right. Frogpants.com slash core. That's it. Frogpants.com slash core. C-O-R-E. Uh, core show is where you'll go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash core show. If you like what you hear and you feel like supporting us, throw a buck our way. That would be really cool. We have other cool levels as well. John just wrote some brilliant Dear Martha letters that physically get shipped to your door if you support us over there at patreon.com slash core show. Uh, and there's much more. So check it out. You can leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462. You can uh, send us an email. Uh, that's simple to do over the website. Just go to frogpants.com slash core and it's right there. Core pod on Twitter, John underscore Jagger. Uh, Scott Johnson and Bo Schwartz, check us out this weekend for the start of the next phase of the Dragon Engine campaign for There Will Be Dungeons. Very exciting. Saturday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, right here at frogpants.tv, or you can check out the podcast later. Very, very excited about that. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. That's a good question. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. 
That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code super24.